Amen. Well, thank you guys so much. Praise the Lord. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's a little bit of a surreal Sunday for me. Amen. Um, so if I get a little weepy, thank you guys for uh, bearing with me. You know, musicians, worship leaders, we're kind of emotional people anyway, you know, creative. So it's like, oh, he's fine. He's having a great day. <laughs> I saw him at Starbucks and he was bawling his eyes out last week. So. But, uh, but yeah, pastors, thank you so much for those beautiful, kind words. And uh, also, just once again, I just want to thank my lovely bride-to-be, Rachel. Rachel, could you stand up one more time? So, so, all I can say is I would highly recommend this book in the name of Jesus. So, this just ain't a pretty title, friends. <laughs> awesome. But uh, just thank you guys so much. And just, uh, as Pastor said, it's, it's just been an incredible journey. Uh, for me coming, you know, from home. And also, um, I, I do, I'm going to be, my message today is about transition and promotion, but I also want to make this very applicable to you all as well. Could I ask, how many of you are like new incoming students to Karis? Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Can we hear it for these folks? Awesome. So, so for you guys in particular who raised your hands or for anybody who's just going through a season of change and transition, um, I really feel like this message is for you today to bless you. Is that, is that okay today? Awesome. I remember, you know, uh, for many of us here, most of us aren't what we would call a native Colorado. And like, you know, sometimes you see that bumper stick and you're like, oh my gosh, honey, there's somebody who's actually from Colorado here driving. And they're like, yeah, I was actually born here. But most of us, uh, well, let, let me ask you this show of hands. How many of you are not from Colorado originally? Okay, so uh, I'm talking to the right people. The one guy from Colorado in the back's like, yeah, I'm from here. <laughs> No, we, we love you, Coloradans. Thank you for, for dealing with us transplants and those of us that come from other places. But uh, as far as my journey goes, you know, I came from South Carolina. I've probably lost most of my southern accent. Uh, apologies to my southern folks. But anyway, every time I talk to somebody from home, it starts to come back a little bit. I'm like, yes, I'm still southern. Praise God. But, but I, I have those that would contest that. But we'll say that for another day. But... <laughs> But uh, I came from South Carolina originally in 2012 and, you know, grew up in a great uh, family, you know, great small local church. I, I actually still visit that, that wonderful local church. I, my, my old pastor is actually going to be attending our wedding, too. And, uh, you know, love the church, but just really felt like I was in a season of, you know, God had more. Um, has anyone ever heard it, about Andrew Womack talk about a holy dissatisfaction? Yeah, did some of you have that before you came here? You're like, yeah, that was me like two months ago. That's why I'm here now. <laughs> But, but, you know, the Lord just really started stirring those things in my heart, and I was <clears throat> in a season where I, I knew I was called to ministry, but I, I didn't really know what that looked like, so tried some things, you know, and, and they were good, but ultimately, as, as you can guess, like many of you, the Lord ultimately called me to Karis Bible College, um, and, you know, it was a little bit, thankfully, I didn't wrestle with God too long on it. I was like, Lord, you want me to move to Colorado? Like, what's a Colorado? <laughs> like, you know, for, for someone that saw themselves uh, going to be a lifelong South Carolinian essentially. And so, how many of you can relate to that? I mean, whether you're from South Carolina or not, wherever you're from. <laughs> I'm like, I've never been there, Jeremy. Where is that? <laughs> but it's got beaches. You probably heard of those. Um, but but all, all that good stuff withstanding, you know, I came here and, you know, I had been serving as a worship leader um, in my local church, and it was just, uh, just a real small, sweet environment. And, you know, the Lord called me to Bible college. Um, and I actually, when I came in 2012, uh, Karis was, uh, for some of you may remember this, Karis was actually just a couple miles down the street from here on Elton Drive. And so I uh, joined the night school and just thoroughly loved that. And, and in the second year, uh, and I, honestly, I didn't play my guitar for almost a year, um, which was kind of a unique season for me. And, you know, I would get invited to maybe like a small Bible study or a life group, which was great. Um, and then, you know, later on, uh, the night school staff gave me the opportunity to be the night school worship leader. 
uh, kind of like the other story Pastor Rick said, I didn't really ask to be the worship leader. <laughs> I showed up to help, and they said, oh, you're the worship leader. And I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> praise Jesus. So, uh, so some of you may find yourselves drafted in a ministry, but we're trying to get better, okay? We're trying to get better about that. So uh, a couple years went by, and I was serving at, at a great uh, local church, and uh, River Rock really wasn't established yet. Now, I had heard about River Rock. I had heard legends of this amazing up-and-coming third-year teacher. It's like, hey, this guy went from third-year to staff. And I'm like, really? Who's that? Yeah, his name's Rick McFarlane, I think, something like that. I was like, okay, cool. So I, I, I had heard of Pastor Rick. I, I'd heard little murmurs of, like, a river rock. And, you know, people would say, yeah, I went to this really cool little startup church, river rock. Oh, awesome. Praise God. You know, that's cool. And, and then one day um, I was sitting at home. It was a Saturday evening, and a good friend of mine, uh, told me, he said, oh, hey, I'm not going to go to our normal church today. I'm going to go to, I'm going to check out River Rock tomorrow. And I was like, okay, great. That's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll see you next time then. And so I, I set the phone down and just sitting there, I, it just came to me. I, I don't know why, but I have to go to this church tomorrow. And so I called my buddy back and I was like, hey, can, is it okay if I tag along? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. No worries. It's, it's just down the street from you. Okay, great. So the first time I ever came to church, I went the wrong way. It was only about five miles from my apartment. I still missed it. <laughs> so, so even when you're trying to follow the Lord, folks, you can still miss it. It's okay, but he'll get you turned around. He'll get you turned around. And, and so anyway, so thankfully I made it. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, a good friend of mine, I was actually uh, in third year worship school at the time as well. And, and just so appreciate Daniel Amstutz and the, all the worship staff and Chandra and everybody up there just, just doing such an amazing job up at Karis right now. But uh, I was in worship school. And so uh, the gentleman that Pastor was sharing about a moment ago, uh, he was uh, leading worship at the time. Now, he had told me as just a friend, oh, yeah, I'm... I'm leading worship at Rick McFarland's new church, and I'm playing guitar, and I was like, oh, that's awesome, man, praise God, that's great, and it was funny, because I, I didn't know it, but I, I and I, I may be interpreting this a little bit, but essentially, what I gathered was the Lord had been speaking to him about inviting me, and asking him to play with me, just he hadn't gotten around to it yet, and so from my understanding, he said that he was getting ready to start that morning, and he was just thinking to himself, man, I sure wish Jeremy would come in right now, and that's when I walked in. Be careful what you pray for, folks, <laughs> especially up in these here hills. Uh, God tends to hear a little clear. It's not quite as far to heaven from here. <laughs> a lot, lot closer than South Carolina. <laughs> but anyway, so, and, and just like uh, Pastor uh, shared with us a moment ago, I, you know, was sitting in the service, and I was really enjoying it, and I was like, oh, this is just such a sweet little church, and I could really get used to this, and I was like, but I don't really want to be on the worship team, though. I just, you know, I just want to be, you know, just a good congregation member. I want to give some offering, you know, if they need a little help here and there, that'd be great, and then, like Pastor told you, uh, my friend Robert said, hey, come, I want you to meet Pastor Rick. I was like, okay, great, and then he says, hey, Pastor Rick, this is going to be your next worship leader, and I was like, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Or, or more specifically, Robert, what are you doing? <laughs> that was literally the first time I'd ever met Pastor Rick, and my eyes got wide, Pastor Rick's eyes got wide, and so, but, but that was the beginning of it, and, and so I've just been so blessed, and, you know, even that particular year, Pastor Rick, and, you know, met with me, and he said, well, what do you think about all this? And, and I said, well, you know, Pastor, I said, I, I don't know you that well, I know you don't know me that well, but I said, I, I just feel like I'm supposed to help you if I can. Now, I said, I'll try this for a few months, and if it's okay with you, I'll play for the summer. Uh, this was probably like 2015, something like that. I'll play for the summer, and I said, if, if you like the way I do things, 
Um, I will stay, and if you prefer something else, I will leave with no hurt feelings whatsoever. And he said, that's great. <laughs> so, and, and here I am eight years later. So praise the Lord. But it, it has been quite a journey, folks. And, and just uh, to say thank you is an understatement, just to uh, thank you as a church family. I know some of you are, are new. Some of you have been here for a while. And I, I've, I've been blessed to see a lot of, of good people come in and, and be called out by the Lord other places. But uh, just sincerely to River Rock, past, present, and future, I just want to say a deep and sincere thank you. And um, oh God, I still got forty minutes. I can't get weepy this early. Oh Jesus, help me, Lord. But musician, musician. Okay, praise God. But but also, I just really just um, have to thank the worship team as well and the AV team and just um, I love you too. Oh, it's been a long road, but a good road. Thank you, Lord. I need to pray in tongues or do something to get you guys distracted from me crying. <laughs> okay. My eyeballs are sweating. My eyeballs are sweating. Okay, recover quickly. They didn't see anything, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> External processing, for those of you that know that. Uh, but but it, it's been quite a journey, and, I, and I've been blessed to work with so many fantastic young musicians and just people who have stretched me in so many great ways. And I, and I just want to thank Pastors Rick and Joanne for just, they've been so good to me since day one. And, and the fact that I'm even standing here, um, you know, the song that, that I sang uh, last, you know, um, actually, well, I'll, I'll switch back to last week, um, the song You Deserve It All, uh, that we ended our service with last week before communion. That's probably been one of my favorite worship songs to lead ever. And so I was very grateful to lead that with you all one last time. And then the song Evidence, you know, I, I just feel like so much of my testimony is wrapped up into that song, and I, and I believe yours will be as well. And so, um, if it's okay, we'll talk about that. Is that all right? Yeah. I'll stop talking about me. Let's talk about you guys for a little bit. <laughs> but also, but a, a great scripture that, that has meant so much to me through the years is uh, Psalms 40, verses 1 through 3. And I, I so appreciate the AV team putting all these scriptures up. I'm going to go a little scripture heavy. Is that okay, guys? Yeah. It, it, think of it as kind of like story time with Jeremy, all right? So... <laughs> Everybody's good with that. So great. But this, this isn't the story part, but, it, but it's still great. Psalms 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. And he has put a new song in my mouth. And I want you to remember that, okay? Praise to our God. Many will see in fear and will trust in the Lord. And so as we talk about things like transition and promotion, um, you know, I'm really going to be, you know, on one hand, I'm going to be speaking to you because some of you are going through a season of major transition, but also as, as pastors even alluded with our wonderful pizza illustration, uh, we're, we're getting ready to transition into a new church. And, you know, it really felt like just God timing all around to, you know, as I felt like my season here was, was ending or this version of my season here at River Rock was ending. And, oh, and please, no, me and Rachel are staying at River Rock. We're not going anywhere. So, <laughs> praise God. You might just see me hanging out a door, helping out or something like that. But, uh, you know, River Rock is going through a great season of transition as well. And, and one thing that I wanted you to take from this is, you know, there's some great things God's done in the past. But don't let those great things from your past keep you from the great things in the future. Let's say that one more time. Don't let the good things in your past 
keep you from the great things in the future. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so with that, and, and gosh, I, I really want to tell you who the new worship leader is, but I can't, so praise God. Uh, but you'll be very happy uh, in about 38 minutes and five seconds. So <laughs> you're like, well, great, now you got a whole message, and now I'm on the edge of my seat. Yes, yes, I did. You're welcome. But Psalm 75, uh, verses 6 and 7. Once again, Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. For exaltation comes from ne- either north, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts one down and exalts another. And, and so I, I really do want to encourage you just thoroughly from the bottom of my heart. Please know that the person that we're putting in my previous position has not vied for power. They have not done anything underhanded. They have been super duper ultra faithful. Okay, I can promise you that. If you have been at this church any length of time, you will recognize this person when they come out. Okay, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So. Because also Matthew 23, verse 12 tells us this, whosoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And, you know, it's one of those things, really, most of my experience in life and leadership, I very rarely ask to do any of the things that I end up doing. Can, can anybody relate to that? I show up at one church, I get told I'm the worship leader. I move across the country, I show up, I get told I'm the worship leader. <laughs> I go to night school, I get told I'm the worship leader. And, and that's okay. I'm like, Lord, can we not be a worship leader for a little while? <laughs> but and that's okay, but promotion comes from the Lord. Um, it's not, you know, who can we, you know, does anybody remember that old TV show Survivor? Yeah, Outwit, Outplay, Outlast, you know, all those things. Uh, it's a great show about treachery if you, if you need an example about it. But... <laughs> Like, no thanks, I guess I showed that enough in life. Um, but but it, it's not about vying. It's, you know, like Jesus said, you know, he who becomes humble will become the greatest. Uh, it's not, Jesus, can we sit next to you? It's, hey, you've, you've been humble. You've been serving faithfully. Now I'm going to promote you because I can trust you. Doesn't that make sense, guys? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So with that being said, I'm going to take a step back to the Old Testament here. So thank you. This is the, the story I promised you. So let's go to Joshua chapter 1. And let's start in verse, uh, actually, yeah, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. And just for context, uh, you know, the story of Moses, uh, Moses had brought the people out of Egypt, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, things didn't go quite as planned. Um, They kind of struggled in the obedience area. But all that to be said, uh, God had told Moses that, you know, you won't be the one to lead Israel into the promised land, but you're going to get them to it, essentially. Now, some things that are kind of cool, Moses was about, 40, and please, Bible scholars, please forgive me if I'm getting my dates mixed up, but I believe, if memory serves correct, Moses was about 40 at the burning bush, uh, and then he was about 80, or excuse me, he was 40 when he left Egypt, and then he was 80 when God called him back to Egypt. So for those of you in your 80s, hey, don't worry, you're in the problem of your life, praise God. (laughs) Never disqualify yourself, amen. Amen. So, but with that being said, Moses was the one to get them basically to the gate of the promised land or get them right out of the outskirts, but, but he wasn't the one to take them in. And the Lord let him know that Joshua was going to be the one to take him in. And, and gosh, that's, there's so much even just in that little bit alone, but how many of you know Moses represented the law? How many of you know the law can't help you inherit the promise? Hallelujah. So Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. If I was the new worship leader coming in, I probably wouldn't be saying that. But since I'm the one leaving, I'm going to say that. Moses, my servant, is dead. So, so my encouragement and, and something that I'm going to just keep bringing up throughout this time that we have together today is, you know, I so deeply appreciate all the support that I've received over the years, and I cannot thank you enough. But I do want to encourage you, and, and not to be bleak, and I know that's kind of a, whoa, life, why'd you go so heavy this early in the service? But my time as the worship leader is done. Yeah. And we have a new worship leader that's going to be standing on this stage in about a half hour. Can I ask you guys to pray for them? Amen. Can I ask you guys to support them? Amen. 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 Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And so let's just stop right there for a second. You know, something that, that's really cool is when God calls you into a season for something, you know, you're called to do that, and he graces you and equips you, and he enables you to do that. And when it's time to leave... He graces you, and he equips you, and he enables you to do that. So I just want to encourage you that our new worship leader, I stand behind them 150%. And I would just ask that you join me in that. Amen? Can you do me a favor? Can you, what do we, will they get up here? Can you just sing really loud today? Like, I mean, just like embarrassingly loud. Like, <laughs> like the cameras are off. Don't worry. That second service, you don't got to worry about it. But, but, but my, my heart, my encouragement is that this person is very anointed for this task. Amen. And once again, even though they might do some things a little bit differently than me, that's okay. They are not my clone. Thank God Almighty, they're not my clone. <laughs> Praise Jesus. That's, that's hallelujah. That's, you, you don't know how good that is. Okay, I'm going to stop joking and read some more scripture. Okay, verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as this great river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward going down the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And, you know, I'm going to keep bragging on our new worship leader throughout the, the time, but, but I, I want to encourage you as well, church. Let's, let's bring it home. When God calls you to something, you will be equipped for that. You know, some of you have, and I'm, I'm going to circle back to this toward the end of the message, but some of you have given up a lot to be here. I know I was speaking to the new folks, and, and, and God bless you guys, because I, I know that it can be such a challenging season, uh, depending on your circumstances, your background. Some of you may have had family and friends come against you, speak against you, may, maybe even church uh, family come against you. But, but I, I just want to encourage you, just like we're reading, you know, where God calls you to go, you walk in a new authority in that place. This wasn't just something that you concocted. You're like, well, God, I, I hope this works. It's like when you see the path that God has given you, you have a grace and authority to walk in that path. Amen? Amen. Amen. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. Somebody needed to hear that today. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance in the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous, that you may observe to do according to, to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. So basically he's saying what you learned from Moses, now I'm telling you to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to to all that is written in it, 
And, and, and guys, um, let me just say this, especially for those of you that are new, uh, you're going to be really blessed by Pastor Rick's teaching. Uh, I mean, if you want a man that can break the word down and serve it up like filet mignon, like this, this is your church, okay? Amen. So unless God tells you different, you're home. Praise God. He said I had to stay. Praise God. Okay, sorry. Rachel puts up with this all the time. God bless her. Thank you, Lord. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And, and so I want to encourage you. You know, for me personally, and maybe some of you can relate to different levels, you know, uh, you know, growing up the first major portion of my life in a different place, you know, it, it, took, a, it took a minute for Colorado to feel like home. But I promise you, as you walk the path God has for you, you will find your home, you will find your place, you will find your people. Amen. So my encouragement for those of you, especially that are new, and, and some of you maybe even wrestling with, man, maybe I miss God. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. I don't have rent. I don't have a place to live. Have you heard about Woodland Park housing? Like, <laughs> Andrew's trying to build me a dorm, but they keep making a wait on the door. You know what? My, my encouragement is, guys, God, God's bigger. God's bigger. And, and just the fact that you've persevered to get here is an awesome testimony to your relationship with God. But the grace that got you here will keep you here. Amen. Amen. No quitters in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 43, 19. Oh, man, that clock is not on my side. Praise God. Okay. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, something interesting about that analogy, a desert is, is very desolate. It's very dry. Some of you think, oh, Colorado, okay. <laughs> but Colorado's great. I, I love Colorado. Sorry, that was just a bad joke. But God can make a river in your desert. But the, the, the challenge that we have, he says, shall you not know it? God says, I know it, but will you know it? And, and the good, oh, it is, praise God. Uh, and the good news about it is, every day you have a choice to acknowledge that. Maybe you didn't yesterday. Maybe you didn't do the day before. But today you have a choice to acknowledge it. Amen? Amen. And we're going to pray for you guys today, too. Does that sound good? Hallelujah. Great. Let's continue the story here. Let's go to 1 Samuel. Joshua ended up great, so don't worry about that. Jericho went very well. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave Joshua alone for a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll hang out with King David for a little while. So let's go to 1 Samuel 16, starting in verse 1. And this will be familiar to you, but, but sometimes it's good to refresh on the familiar. Amen? Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? I could stop right there. <laughs> how long will you mourn for Saul? How many of you know Old Testament kings weren't the most stable people most times? Not a few great role models, David, we'll talk about here in a moment. But Saul, you know, Saul was, you know, he, even though he was a very reluctant king, he's probably the one that would have been on GQ magazine had there been one at the time. <laughs> you know, when a people say, we don't really know what a king looks like, but if we had one, we think it would look like this. And, and as we all know, and, and you guys are Karis Bible College students and a river rock attender, so you, you, you guys have good biblical context. But, you know, this was the point where Saul had, had just fallen so bad and his heart had turned so far from God that the Lord said, Samuel, I need you to go find a new king. But Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? 
how long will you hold on to the old thing that seemed really good for a while and let it keep you from the new awesome and amazing thing I'm trying to bring you? Say why. Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go, for I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And, and Rachel and I were even talking about this last night. Um, you know, he's telling Samuel to bring a heifer, to bring a sacrifice. And, and one of the things that, while I, I can't give you all the imagery of this, I can tell you this, when it came to picking a new leader, Samuel knew he had to do it God's way. The people had done it their way, and they had got a King Saul. If we want a new better king, we better start doing it God's way, amen? Amen. amen. Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord, and then invite Jesse to sacrifice. We'll skip down to verse 4. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. So sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was they came, and they, they looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And, and so, once again, you know, kind of like me, Israel was a little bit of a slow learner sometimes. We don't really know what a king is or what a king should do or what a king does, but if we did, we think it would look like this. We think we need somebody and something that does this and looks this way. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to disqualify people for looking good. Like, don't get me wrong. You guys are doing great, by the way. But, but there's something beyond the surface that needs to be there. You know, some of the most aesthetic, beautiful people in the world are very difficult to be around. I wouldn't know, but, you know, praise God. <laughs> Say why. <laughs> oh, I better stick to Scripture. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature, because I've refused him. God saw the heart. He saw, saw part two in Eliab. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I'm going to skip down, and, and, and you all are very well familiar with the story. Uh, Jesse had seven sons in the house, but, you know, he had one little vagrant, kind of back of the mind, little kid person, you know, out, out, out in the back 40. He's tending sheep, so he's, he's not important. Don't, don't worry about him. The, these are the magnificent seven right here. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? I'm sorry, verse 11 for amazing AV team. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And then he said, well, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. We gave him the lowliest job we could think of. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him here, for we will not sit down till he comes in here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn and oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And, and this was very significant because, you know, that didn't really happen to everybody. Like, praise God, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have it, we'd love to pray for you to get that. But this was very special for the spirit of God to come upon this, this young man. He's probably about 15 at the time. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. 
And what I want to bring up in this, and you're like, hey, Jeremy, great story, but what does that have to do today? Um, how many of you know that God really appreciates it when you do things unseen? You know, there was, you know, so many times that I've, I've been on the stage and leading worship with you all and, and, and folks that have been here throughout the years, and, and that's a wonderful experience. But one day I was, you know, here just kind of cleaning up and doing some things. I was taping cables down, and the Lord told me in that moment, he said, this is worship. So I want to encourage you guys. Have you heard of, like, First John, Second John, Third John ministry? <laughs> yeah, you, you will. If, if you're just starting at Karis, you will, but... But basically, are, are you willing to do things behind the scene without necessarily receiving the praise of men? Because the worst thing you can do is buy into your own hype. You know, I always get a little nervous, you know, and, and please, please hear my heart when I say this. I, I'm not trying to disparage anyone, but sometimes when I meet somebody and they're like, yeah, I want to, like, be on the worship team and I want to lead this song and I want to do this, this, and I want you to listen to me and do it. And I'm like, okay, that's great. How many Sundays have you been here? Oh, I just walked in, like, 20 minutes ago. Can you come for a few weeks first? <laughs> Can you pray and make sure you're supposed to be here? You know, I, I appreciate Pastor Rick allowing me to share this pulpit today, but I would just say, church, please, please watch out for anyone that tries to get up here too quickly. Don't, don't shortcut your season. Don't shortcut your preparation, amen? But when God sees a David, you know, David later in the story of David and Goliath, you know, David was, you know, probably, it was probably, he was still probably about 15, 16, 17 years old, somewhere in there. It really wasn't too much time passed yet. And he told Saul, Saul, well, I'll go fight Goliath. And Saul's like, well, how can you do that? Well, David's like, well, I killed a lion and a bear. And, and it's just amazing what this kid did in the back 40, just singing praises to God and taking care of his father's sheep. If you really want to lead, ultimately what you're wanting to do is take care of your father's sheep. And if you can't clean for them, if you can't help with kids or youth or all these things, my encouragement would be just let the Lord promote you. I tell you what, kids' ministry will teach you humility like nobody's business, okay? <laughs> kids don't care if you got a Ph.D. in nothing, all right? They say, you're not funny, mister. <laughs> Bring me my cookie now. <laughs> Praise God for our kids' ministry. I love those folks. They're awesome. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. They put me on worship team. They're like, oh, no, don't just. <laughs> oh, Jesus, where am I going with this? Okay. But be a humble servant, amen. Let the Lord promote you in your right time. I, I dare say Saul would have probably done well to hung out with David in the sheep pasture for a little while, amen. Amen. So let's fast forward a little bit. So David was about 15 uh, when he was anointed king and was crowned king when he was 30, but, you know, obviously there was a lot of back and forth with Saul in, in his growing up years, so we're going to fast forward in David's life. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and this is really what I want to bring it home to, to all of you, especially those of you that are in a season of transition right now. So 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burned it with fire. And I apologize, I'm going to butcher some names, so please forgive me in advance, Bible scholars, but thank you for bearing with me. And had taken captive the women and those that were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, 
but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever cried so much you couldn't cry anymore? I think some of you have. Probably recently, too. You know, David was in a season of, of being on the move, always being on the run, always watching his back. But, you know, he had, he had a contingent of people with him, people that he did life with, people that he went to battle with, people that he bled for, people that he would have died for. And they were out taking care of business, and they come back to their camp, and it's destroyed, and everything is gone. All their belongings are burned with fire, and, and even more sadly than that, all their women and children have been taken. Now, at this point in time, I'm not sure if they knew that the women and children were still alive because they wept as much as they possibly could. And, and I want to say this. I believe some of you are either coming out of or in a season right now where you, you've lost a lot. You, you gave up a lot to be here. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I want to be sensitive to that, but please know that God hears your weeping. The book of Psalms says, are not my tears in your bottle? Verse 5. And David's two wives, Anahinam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. So included in all the people that were kidnapped, David's two wives uh, were captured as well. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. So the people that David had been doing life with, people that had said, yeah, David, I've got your back always. It's us together. It's us together. When hard times hit, they wanted to stone him. I can't necessarily throw a rock at a Malachite, David, but you're standing right here, and you're the leader. This is your fault. You should have seen this coming. Have you ever had people turn against you? People that said they loved you? But, Pastor Rick preached on this a few weeks ago, but God, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, I've never had people literally threaten to stone me, but I've been pretty disappointed sometimes. <laughs> Felt very sorry for myself as well. But the cool thing about this is, even when everything was literally at its darkest hour, your wives, your children are gone, possibly dead. All your personal belongings are destroyed, and the men you've given your life for want to kill you. David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I, and I want to encourage you guys, this is an old covenant believer. How much more do we have in the new covenant? When you feel down, you can and you build yourself up in that most holy faith. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Remember, when sometimes, you know, there's been times in my life where it's like, God, I'm up against this challenge, and, and he, it's almost like he looks at me and smiles and says, what, what did I tell you last time? You know, it's kind of like when you're teaching a kid how to ride a bike and you take the training wheels off. You're not taking the training wheels off because you're mean to them. You're like, hey, you, you got this. You know how to, you can balance this thing without these little extension pieces. And I feel like it's times like that, God's just like an excited father saying, hey, I'm taking the training wheels off. What did I tell you last time? What happened the last time start, the devil started messing with you? 
oh, well, God, you did this and you gave me this verse. Exactly. So my encouragement, church, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Amen. Verse 7, then David said to Abathar the priest, Amilhek's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? And shall I overtake him? And he answered him, Pursue, for surely you shall overtake them, and without fail you will recover all. How many of you need to recover something? I need more hands than that. How many of you need to recover something? Hallelujah. This is your verse. When the Lord tells you to pursue something, please know that all of heaven backs you up. All of heaven backs you up. And, and as we know, Bible scholars, the story ends where David do, does go back and he recovers all. But he had to start by encouraging himself in the Lord. And even then, there was still a battle to fight. There was still a battle to fight. So my encouragement for all of us is when you're standing on God's promises and things don't look good, just because there's a battle to fight doesn't mean you're not going to win. But sometimes you still have to show up for the battle. You know, when I came here first, I, I, I got to visit a, a, another amazing church. River Rock wasn't actually founded yet at the time when I first got here. But, you know, the pastor spoke a great message about change and how change can sometimes be uncomfortable. Change can be awkward. But when it's a God-ordained change, it's the best thing that ever happened to you. And, and so, church, as, as you're navigating life and, and, once again, kind of pondering these things in your heart, please, please I want you to leave this sermon encouraged today. I really do. We're going to celebrate our new worship leader here in a little while, and, and I am just so excited to introduce you to them and come alongside them and support them. But, but for those of you sitting in the chair, not necessarily coming up on the stage, I, I want you to know the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Some of you have been praying. Some of you have sacrificed so tremendously to be here today, to, to come to Colorado, to follow the call of God on your lives. And, and I just want to honor you in the name of Jesus. You know, it says, I think Pastor Rick even mentioned this recently too, when Jesus saw Stephen being stoned, it said Jesus stood up and took notice. I believe God sees you and he takes notice of you. So even though change can be uncomfortable, even though change can be hard, even though change can be difficult, even though maybe, well, well, this is how I used to do it, this is where I always lived, you know, these are all the people that I ever knew. God says, I, hey, that was great. I put you there. I put you there for a season. But if you'll let go of that season and step into the new one, I can give you so much more. I can give you so much more. And once again, I honor you, those of you that have already taken that step to, to even get here, to even be in these seats today. We honor you in the name of Jesus. But I, but I can promise you, the devil may come back, but God is with you every day. Amen. Behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not know it? River Rock Church, shall we not know it? You know, well, I, I like this building. It's close to my, my house, and I like it. And, you know, I don't want to go to a big new place. Well, now you probably do because you saw the nice new place and everything. But. <laughs> But, but, but I don't know, you know, there's a new worship leader. I don't know if I like the music. You know, they might jump up and down. And what if there's a bunch of flash? 
Behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? And I'll, and I'll kind of start to land the plane here a little bit with this. Matthew 19, 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Church, God honors you for honoring him. So if, if I may be so bold with pastor's permission, before we, we transition the service, I, I would just love to pray for you all. Is that okay? And, and just in particular, if, if this message has impacted you, if, if some of you, not, not trying to embarrass anybody, I just really want to focus in on you on the prayer, if that makes sense. But if you would be so bold, I'd love to encourage anyone who's really gone through a season of change recently or, you know, God's maybe putting transition on your heart or promotion on your heart. You know, some of you are transitioning into your promotion. Because you left what you had, God can promote you now. And I want to encourage you, don't be afraid of that. Will it be a little terrifying sometimes? Yes. <laughs> does God rejoice in encouraging us in terrifying things? Yes, he does. <laughs> so my encouragement as we once again land the plane here, if, if you're in a season of transition, I would just invite you to stand up right now. If, if you feel like you've lost something and you want God to help you, you feel like, I know that's mine, but there's a lot of Amalekites in between me and, and that thing. God is with you, and I want to pray for you today. Hallelujah. Lord, we just love you. We thank you, God. I thank you for all those that are standing, God, all those that are in the sound of my voice, God. Lord, for anything that they've lost, Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are helping them recover all. And I, and I just want to speak this over you, church, something the Lord shared with me. Sometimes you have to recover in your heart and in your mind and in your soul so you can recover all. And some of you are entering into a season of recovery where God's going to be blessing you and ministering to you. Some of you, that's going to be Karis Bible College. Some of you, that's going to be uh, relationships God's bringing into your life. But don't fight the process. Don't be scared of the process. Even if it looks a little bit different, don't be scared of the process. But, Lord, we thank you that those standing here, God, they're recovering all, Lord. God, they're following you. They're trusting you, Lord, step by step, day by day, moment by moment, Lord. They don't have to... Do it in their own strength, God. They're doing it in your strength, Lord. Father, I thank you for vision and direction for the future, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you are the ever-present help in time of need. And God, that those that have left family and friends and houses and finances and, and the comforts of home, God, I thank you. Lord, that you're bringing them into their new promised land. And even though there's some Amalekites to drive out, Lord, you are with us. And if we fight your battles with you, God, we will win. We just thank you, Lord. I just pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that they would encourage themselves, God, build themselves up with their most holy faith. And I thank you that even today, God, even this week, that you would show them how you're with them. He has put a new song in my mouth. Many will see in fear. I thank you, Lord, that there's so many awesome and amazing testimonies that are being born right now in this moment. And, Lord, for those that have been standing, God, I thank you that you honor them, Lord, that you encourage them, that you strengthen them, Lord. No matter what it is, no matter how bad it's got, no matter how bleak or dim it may seem in the natural, God, we thank you that you stand with them. And you honor them, Lord. Help them to remember to strengthen themselves in the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you, God. We just, Father, we thank you for our new worship leader, Lord. We thank you, God, just for this awesome new season that you're bringing us into as a church, Lord. And I thank you. Father, for the opportunity you've given me to be the worship pastor of this church, oh God, we bless this new leader, and we thank you for him, and we thank you, Lord. Give us the wisdom 
God, to know how to support them. Lord, give us grace to remember to pray for them, Lord. And we thank you for all this and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. I feel like when Jeremy was talking about like transitioning and all these changes, I feel like that the Lord is reminding us that the now, this very present moment, is a friend. It's our friend. Some of us would like to go back to the past. Some of us would like to go back to the good old days. Some of us even want to skip the now and go back to the future. But when God said that he is the great I am, it is now. He didn't, he didn't say he is the great I was or I am the great or I am going to be great tomorrow. He is the great I am. And this is the day that the Lord has made. So let us be glad and rejoice in it. This is such a sacred moment. This very moment, you're alive. You're breathing. You can feel the wind. You can hear the songs. You can smile. You can even cry. So let's, let's just cherish this moment because this is from the Lord. Praise God.